You are listening to Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, the podcast. <laughs> Ramblings of a K drama fanatic with thoughts about Korean dramas, movies, music, and beauty. These are my thoughts about life, pop culture, and other really random things. New episodes mostly every week, mostly on Mondays, sometimes on different days. But follow us on our socials at Peach Neon Pink. There's two N's after neon. For more random, random, random <laughs> ramblings, head on over to my website at www.peachneonpink.com. Again, neon has two N's. everybody welcome back to peach neon pink ramblings the podcast where i talk about everything korean entertainment related including korean dramas korean movies korean variety shows and as well as k-pop and k-beauty stuff and yeah guys um i know i've been kind of mia for almost a month now um i remember mentioning in my last podcast episode that I am actually going to be out of the country and in Southeast Asia for a couple of weeks. Um, I did come back from that trip, but it's been kind of really crazy and busy going back into the groove and the, the vibe of all things in my daily personal life. So that's why I haven't really recorded another podcast episode. But today is um, a little bit different because it's a Sunday. I never usually release a podcast episode on a Sunday, but... Um, I'm gonna let you guys know later why that's important that it's a Sunday today and I decided to have a podcast episode um, but today uh, we're gonna talk about a Korean drama that I actually finished um, around the tail end of my um, trip from Asia um, it's a Korean drama called Extraordinary You um, we're gonna talk about that um, we're gonna do a little bit couple of updates from a uh, Korean drama that I'm still currently watching and waiting for the episodes to come out Uh, which is Crash Landing on You. I've talked about this Korean drama before in a previous podcast episode, but we're going to do a little bit of update of what the episodes are so far. And um, yeah, that's going to be it for like the K-drama section of the podcast. Um, And then on the K-pop side, I'm going to talk about two boy groups um, that have actually rediscovered lately mostly um during the flight back from southeast asia uh which is sf9 and uh boy group from yg entertainment called treasure they haven't really actually officially debuted yet so we're gonna talk about them a little bit and and i want to introduce them to you guys and in the k-beauty section i'm gonna talk again about a toner that I actually ended up using a lot during my trip. So I'm going to talk about that. This is a toner from Etude House. So listen on and hopefully you guys enjoy uh, this comeback of a podcast from Peach Neon Pink. Hey 
Hey, so welcome back. Before we dive through and do a deep dive on this Korean drama, Extraordinary You, that I am so excited to talk about, um, let's let's talk about today's Sunday. And, um, well, it was Sunday. It's like a bit past midnight right now. But um, today was the Academy Awards, the Oscars. And I am... If I haven't mentioned it before, I am a person living in California, very close to LA, very close to Hollywood. So um, ever since I immigrated here from the Philippines, I have been like one of those people that's been fascinated by Hollywood and Academy Awards. In general, I just love consuming all medias and like discovering like the filmmaking behind things and just it's amazing to kind of discover that world. Um, mostly because um, there's a lot of amazing films that don't get recognized and I am just so floored because I know I've talked about this film before um, in a previous podcast episode but oh my gosh guys Parasite won in the Academy Awards they were nominated for six um, categories and they actually won four out of those categories including um best international feature best director best the original screenplay and most importantly they won best picture they won the best like accolade at the academy awards which they always usually award towards the very end of the show and it is very i can't even Oh my god, I'm actually very speechless about how historically significant this win is for Parasite because they are pretty much the first for foreign language film that won an Academy Award as Best Picture. And second of all, they are they're the first South Korean film that won um internationally in a an Academy Awards as well. Um I think I'm not too sure, but I think director Bong Joon-ho might be the first South Korean director who actually won as Best Director in Academy Awards as well. Pretty much the whole thing is very amazing. It's a iconic historical moment in filmmaking, not just in Hollywood, but the worldwide you know, uh, industry of filmmaking because it just proves that if you have an amazing top uh, thought-provoking film that it is very much possible to win to win all the accolades that you can get and be recognized for it and um i know they already won at Cannes on the palm d'or which is amazing um but it's a little bit more significant to win it at the academy awards because it's literally um fellow actors cast members um the industry people in Hollywood that are voting for it and to be recognized for that just means that this is a film that has transcend language um, notably because it's all entirely in Korean it is a Korean film Korean movie um, with subtitles like I remember talking about in a previous podcast that I watched this film in the theater theaters here and I watched it with subtitles and I think um, the fact that it won despite being um having subtitles which most i believe american film go uh film watchers or people go to the movies here in america actually don't they kind of try to shy away from subtitles um 
just because you have to read through it to understand what the, the dialogue is in the plot. Um, but the fact that this transcended, it, uh, Parasite transcended that is just amazing. It's such a feat and I'm so happy like for Parasite, uh, director Bong Joon-ho, um, all the cast and crew. Um, it's it's there's just so deserving of it so um as a person who love love korean movies everything korean entertainment as you guys know from this podcast i am so happy for them i'm probably gonna be tweeting about this win for like a whole week or so just because i'm so hyped up about it um but yeah that's why there's a podcast episode on a sunday just because the oscars were tonight and i really was like i need to talk about it i really just need to express how much uh how proud as I am as a fellow Asian um, for this film to have won. And actually, um, not that the Academy Awards is like the most important like um, award-giving body in cinemas. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure their win from Cannes is a little bit more like prestigious. But still, it's it's still a big thing to celebrate. And I really just wanted to express that in a podcast episode. So that's why... Yeah, that's why you guys are getting a podcast episode after like almost a month on a Sunday uh, when I usually do these things on a Monday. So that's it. I'm, I'm going to stop raving about Parasite. You guys know how much I love that movie. Um, definitely go back and watch, uh, not watch, listen to the previous podcast episode uh, where I talk about Parasite. Um, and we're going to move on. Now we're going to actually talk about a Korean drama called Extraordinary You. This is uh, starring Kim Hyeon, Rowan, and Lee Jae-wook. I'm going to read a short uh, description synopsis from Wikipedia. You guys know I love uh, finding good synopsis of Korean dramas, and I'm usually super lazy to write it myself. So um, this is from Wikipedia. Um, Extraordinary You follows high school girl Yoon Dano, played by Kim Hyeyun, who is a student at a prestigious academy. One day, by chance, she discovers that a world, that the world she lives in, is a fantasy world of comics, or manhwa, as you would call it in Korean. She and everyone else are merely characters in a comic book called Secret, all under the authority of their omnipotent and omniscient writer. Dan O is only an extra character, and worse, the writer gave her a lame setup. She is engaged to her longtime crush, who despises her, and she has a fatal disease and is expected to die soon. Not satisfied with this fate, Dan O decides to forge her own destiny by changing the story's plot and finding her own true love. Her hopes of freeing herself from the writer's control become stronger than before when she unexpectedly meets nameless student number 13, played by Rowan. But as the events around Dano and number 13 gradually starts to parallel with the writer's previous work, No Songwa or Trumpet Creeper, changing her destiny could have a price to pay. So guys, um... As you might know, um, I was like watching a few Korean dramas during my trip, um, and this is, was one of those Korean dramas that I just decided to pick up um, once I was there, and I was just kind of sporadically watching it. So I finished this actually like the week after I came back from my trip. Um, 
mean things about Extraordinary You, it's also the other title is July Found by Chance or Ojida Byungyeon Han Haru. Um, it aired on NBC from October till November 2019 last year um, and is currently available with English subtitles here in North America on Viki. Um, it is based off a popular webtoon um, that you can search uh, called July Found by Chance. Um, it's I don't think there's a English uh, translation of the manhwa, the webtoon yet um uh, but you can definitely um when i was googling it you can definitely see it on um with its original korean uh version um let's see let's talk about let's talk about extraordinary you it's one of those um korean dramas that is set in a high school um I actually am not one of those Korean drama watchers that entirely love watching Korean dramas set in a like a high school setting. Um, I think the last one I talked about was Love Alarm, and I it's said to have a season two. I mean, I enjoyed Love Alarm, but it wasn't like it wasn't super like engaging to me. Like I I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast episode when I talked about it is that. Um, I actually ended up watching Love Alarm just more for the novelty of the plot, the idea that there's this app that can um, signal you when somebody who likes you is within like that uh, within the vicinity. And that to me was a very interesting kind of like part of the plot. So I ended up watching it. But in general, most of Love Alarm is really just a Korean drama, a typical Korean drama set in a high school. Um Similar of how why and how and why I picked up watching Extraordinary You, um, it has quite a typical high school Korean drama setting set up as well, um, but it just has like that extra kind of like deviation from the normal high school drama, um, mainly because of the fact that um, they're the whole setup is that they're in a comic and that they have no control over uh what's going to happen to their life and it's like the discovery uh it's like you know uh yundano's discovery that she's merely a extra character in this story is very fascinating it's like they're they're telling the stories on two different levels on one being they call the stage where it's the stuff that's the writer wants to happen in the comic and the shadow where the characters sort of have a slight free will um if you could say that um let's talk about the care the the actors actually because that's something that i wanted to um point out a little bit um kim hyun um is uh one of the very like promising young actresses right now in korean entertainment um if she's she's one of those actresses that steadily built their resume with like small supporting roles and um i think the biggest role she had was last year um in sky castle she uh sky castle was a big juggernaut type of a korean drama um very intense i i didn't really get into it i watched probably like a few episodes and just was just like overwhelmed with like the intensity of this drama but it's a really good drama uh but 
everybody in that drama kind of became famous and definitely Kim Hyeon is one of those actresses that was already a good actress but just needed the drama to like a drama that would be her her big break and that was Sky Castle last year as well the beginning of last year and she followed that up with this drama Extraordinary You which has really solidified her as a, a budding Korean drama actress and I think this was her first uh lead role I believe um but she is a delight her her character in Sky Castle was just very like very devious like evil horrible of a character very mean and just like driven and ambitious and that is such a it's such a contrast to her character here as uh Yoon Dan-ho. Because Yoon Dan-ho, Yoon Dan-ho is very bubbly, very lively. Her character is like has a sad background because she has this heart condition and she can die anytime. But she's actually quite cheerful. Um, I've I've. I've heard about in the internet that like people were a bit annoyed because um she was really perky, like very cheerful and she at times she would have these uh when she would deliver her dialogue it's like very like baby sounding. Um but I wasn't like annoyed at it. I kind of saw the point of how she why she talks that way cuz it's supposed to appear like very full of ego, very full of like cuteness. So um that didn't really bother me too much. I thought really Kim Hyun was really good because you can see definitely see the the changes from when she was just acting um as part of the comic and as like between the stage and the shadow and how much more di- different. So she was essentially playing two different characters or actually if you count all the times in the series where um she actually forgets like she loses her self awareness as a comic book character and has to revert back to the character setup that the writer has put for her, then she actually was kind of playing like four different characters throughout the series, um, you know, counting also a significant um a part of towards the end where she had to play a different manga character, so it was sort of like four different characters at one time. Um, the thing with uh, Extraordinary You, it's it's kind of like Inception in a way, because it's like a drama within a drama, within another drama and another drama, because you're just going through, there. there's the main storyline of them being in the world of the comic book Secret, which is set in a high school. Um, and then within Secret, there is the stage where it's what's, what's predetermined in the the comic book and the shadow where the characters who are self-aware that they are comic book characters get to kind of have some sort of free will and then there's also the setting of um the which is a separate comic book that has already finished but made by the same writer of secret um in which it that's a a seguk a historical uh drama a historical comic book if you should say so the setting is like i think it's not really joseon dynasty but it's like before that kind of like the same setting as um huarang it's like very heavily chinese influenced like their clothing and everything so i think it's like whatever dynasty is before that um 
And then there is that that comic book setting in the end when Secret ends and then they're, the, they're rewritten and reimagined into a university um, college setting. So there's just, just like a lot of dramas within the drama, as I would say. Um, but I would just, I mean, I want to see Kim Hyun in other projects because she just seems like this very... She's very good at juggling all of those different character uh, archetypes um, within the dra- this drama as well. So I was very impressed. And she she's definitely one of those actresses that is, is on her way to being a lead actress. Um, what else? Oh, let's talk about Rowan. So, oh my gosh. Um, you know, you guys know I love my pretty boys. And Rowan is definitely a pretty boy. Um... I kind of had to like look online a whole bunch of things about him because um he is one of those K-pop idols turned actors and he is part of a K-pop group called SF9 and um this this guy is like tall as heck he is like over six feet and Kim Hyun is like five something and they, she just dwarfs in the middle of uh Lee Jae-wook, the, uh, the second male lead, and Rowan, because she's, like, tiny compared to them. But Rowan is just, like, it's he's one of those K-pop idols that really has a face for Korean dramas. Like, he has an actor face, which I like to call it, same way that, um, you know, my my bias in God Seven Park Jin Young from God Seven has an actor face. I say this too about Hyun Jin, uh, from Stray Kids, who I'm still waiting for to have a a K drama role because he's those these guys are the ones that have these are K pop idols that don't just look like idols. They do have that actor face. They have a face that would do really well in acting. So uh Rowan's definitely that. Uh he is a gorgeous, gorgeous kid. <laughs> um and very tall. Um I believe this is also his first uh lead role. And he does very well. Um I mean his character Haru or uh student number thirteen is not is not a very difficult role. Um it's it's basically the role that requires very little but just as long as you do it right, it's gonna be very effective. Cause he has to function as like the perfect partner for Dun O. So um he he does quite well in it. Um I'm looking forward for him to have other um lead roles as well because he's he's he seems like one of those promising young actors um young idols turned actors of the generation. So um and then let's talk about let's talk about Lee Jae-wook because I've heard about Lee Jae-wook. Um he's a second male lead who plays uh he plays what is the name of his character? Kyung, Baek Kyung, um, here in um, Extraordinary You. Um, but I believe, I've so I've heard about this actor, this young actor for a while now, but I haven't, I don't think I've ever really watched him in a Korean drama. Um, so this is the first time I'm actually discovering his acting. And oh my gosh, like, 
Um, he is such a great actor. There's definitely, um, he, you really hated Big Young as, as a character because he was just like such a deplorable character. He was always so mean to Daniel and he, it seems like his character, even when he was already self-aware, was just a jerk. So, um, but then when I was watching the behind the scenes for this drama, it's like, Lee Jae-wook is such a, a cutie pie, he's such a sweetie, uh, super, it seems like a very super nice young man. Um, and just the stark contrast from his characters is a delight, like from his like actual real life personality from what we can see from interviews and behind the scenes. Um, it just seems like such a difference from the intensity he brings about when he's acting. And all the really good uh, K-drama actors or Korean actors does this very well that most of their, uh, when they're acting, it's quite different from their real personality. Um, and then because I was looking up information about Lee Jae-wook and just trying to find out where uh, he previously was, he was in... Um, WWW. Um, I was so surprised because he was actually the actor who played Marco um, in Memories of Alhambra, which stars Hyun Bin, uh, also available on Netflix. And I, he, I did not recognize him there. Like he like looked very different from how he looked like normally. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's DJ Wok. I never knew that. And it was a ve- it was quite a small um, part, but he he was very scary in that role as well so that's why i say that when i discovered that it was him it was the same actor i was like man this kid has chops he has definite acting chops um so those are actually the main characters in uh extraordinary you um what i found really funny about this drama while i was watching it is because um the, it, the most of the plot is a bit of a parody of uh the more famous high school k dramas more importantly like boys over flowers which back in the day in the early 2000s when it aired it was like the biggest like korean drama ever and it pretty much solidified the genre of high school dramas in korea and um <laughs> The entire setup of Secret, the comic book where they're they're living at, is is kind of like this parody of Boys Over Flowers. Because, you know, in Boys Over Flowers, there was Go Junpyo, and then, you know, he had the F4, the group of, like, popular boys uh, in the school. And here they have A3, which consists of uh, Baekhyung and uh, two other guys. So I'm going to talk about Baekhyung, uh, Lee Do-wa, and Onamju. So in the comic book world of Secret, Onamju is the the main character with uh, Yeo Juda. So he's like a second generation Chebol. He's like the leader of A3. He's every cliche high school K-drama male lead. Um, and then the female lead, Yeo Juda, is... Uh, She's always being bullied. She is quite poor, but she's very hardworking, which is pretty much the stereotypical Cinderella character in a high school Korean drama. Um, 
So it, if you're familiar with that Korean drama, Boys Over Flowers, you're just going to laugh your ass off like I did uh, watching this because they're really, um, really pushing that. Uh, one character, though, that I really enjoyed watching was Lee Do Wa's character. Uh, Lee Do Wa, the character, played by Jung Gun Joo. Um, he is like the second male lead in the the comic book world of secret and he is like when he's on the stage like the comic book um part he's very much like the typical um k-drama um second male lead like he plays the violin he is patiently wait he has like a secret crush for the female lead he is very understanding very angelic uh at one point yeo judah calls him like her guardian angel and it's like very reminiscent of how the setup was in boys over flowers um but it's funny because when uh lidoa becomes self-aware he can see like there's a lot of the, the most enjoyable parts for me in the korean drama is when they're in the stage but there's a an aside where they're the actual character is just talking like commenting about how silly their lines is how cheesy everything is so lido is just so funny because he's just like why am i playing the violin again why am i being sappy and it's just like their self-awareness mode is just so funny it's hilarious um what else this is one of those korean dramas that are um like ensemble dramas there's a lot of supporting characters that actually function very well um in raising up like the the story um because it's actually a complicated story because it's it's a story within a story within a story so you need to have all those um all those korean like supporting characters that are well thought out which this had uh, probably the most significant one is the terry he plays jimmy che or the dried squid fairy he is the mysterious cafeteria cook um because he's like the most self-aware out of all of them he was also um the king in trumpet creeper in no songwa um where he started to become aware of his existence as a comic book character so pretty much he he plays the role of like the the guide for dono and the rest of the characters in secret to finding their self-awareness um what else yeah so i mean this is one of those dramas that's i would say um if you enjoy uh, a high school uh, set Korean drama that you would enjoy this. Um, it's also one of those dramas that is a little bit different just because of like the setup of 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 the Korean drama just because it, the, the story is not very typical. It's a little bit um, different from the usual, I would say. Um what was it? Oh, something that I wanted to say about this drama is that if you enjoy this drama, there is another drama that has a similar um, plot line, not plot line, similar kind of like theme um, called W that was in 2016. This one is starring Lee Jong-suk and uh, Han Yo-ju. It is um, 
also centering about uh Lee Jung Suk's character is a uh character inside a webtoon as well. But this one has and then Han Yojo is from the real world. So it's like a clash between that's why it's called W for worlds, like the clash between two worlds, the real world and the alternate universe inside the webtoon. Um so he this a little bit darker and it's not set in a high school but the the premise is a little bit similar because it also like the world the real world and the webtoon kind of set up so um if you're looking for something that's a little bit similar to it then um this is something that you can watch um so yeah that is pretty much it about extraordinary you um and hopefully if it's something that you guys enjoy then definitely check it out um it's available on viki here in north america like i said with english subtitles um and yeah so stay tuned we're gonna talk about uh a little bit of update on some other korean dramas that i've been watching so far Hey, so I wanted to come back and talk a little bit about Crash Landing on You, which stars Son Yejin and Hyunbin. I talked about them in a previous podcast episode as well, but this is a bit of a recap on so far as I've been watching Crash Landing on You because it is a Korean drama that is currently airing, but it's actually gonna be ending soon with its last two episodes next week um on saturday and sunday so um this week was episode 13 and 14 um oh my gosh yeah, it's like the stakes haven't been higher and um in the past few weeks we see um the change because uh Hyunbin's character Ri Jung-wook actually ends up going to Seoul to South Korea so it's it's a bit of a contrast from when um, Sonia Jin's character uh, Yoon Se-ri was like forced and uh, crash landed in North Korea. So this is the opposite. Um, and Region Wook is uh, hot on the tail of Cho Chul-gang, um, who is the main villain of the story, because he wants to save Seri uh, from the villain. So. Um, it is just adorable you know um i've talked about how hyunbin is one of those korean drama actors that i've been a fan of for such a long time and this might be like the peak hyunbin like um ever since probably my name is kim thompson because he just envelops the character of region looks so well and you it's like swoon worthy he's like alpha male like a soldier and um the way how he's so empathetic even though he started off as such a he he was like a cold type of character because he he had suffered so much loss from the loss of his brother um but the way he has transitioned for how much he cares for sari um it's just such a joy to watch and even him being in a south korean soul environment and they did this whole like makeover scene which is funny because it had it threw that trope of like the rich male uh lead character um throwing like makeovering the poor uh female lead 
uh, overall on, it, on its head. Because here in the setting, Yun City is like super rich. And not that Ri is not rich, but because he's like essentially in South Korea, um, he's getting like a makeover from Sergi and he's just like strutting in his suits. And it's such, oh my God, such a joy to watch because Yunmin looks amazing in a suit. Um, also props to um, the actors who are playing uh, the soldiers who are under Lee Jung-wook's uh, command. Um, notably, Jumok, who is uh, a big, big Korean drama fan. He's like a North Korean soldier who just loves Korean drama. So he's embodying the all of us here who are K-drama watchers and he gets to meet his most favorite K-drama actress, the legendary Choi Ji-woo, who is in Stairway to Heaven, um, a bunch of like legendary like Korean dramas that are classics now. So it's just so funny how he gets to meet his his idol pretty much. Um, what's fun about it is because they actually really like um, even though the series is getting very intense, there's still a lot of comedic moments, which is I'm thankful for because that's what kind of steers me away from Korean dramas is when they're just intense the entire time because you kind of lose that um, like desire, like that momentum of watching it. So um, what's amazing about Crash Landing on You so far is that it really plays upon the action and intensity of the the serious scenes, um, the drama part of the drama, and adds very cute, like, comedic parts that never really, like, overwhelms the main plot line. It just adds to it very well and um, gives us, the viewers, a little bit of a breather, which is sometimes when you're watching a Korean drama, it very much is needed because you kind of get just emotionally drained and exhausted from watching um, so many melodramatic scenes, like intense action scenes and stuff like that. And once you get like these little bits and pieces of comedy, then you're a little bit set you're it's so much better because you have time to kind of reel back relax and then you're ready for the other like intense um like moments in the drama um fun fact though that i wanted to point out since i talked about parasite earlier um crash landing and you actually has uh two of its supporting character um characters are played by actors from parasite so um Seyadun's mom, who is the North Korean uh, owner of like these huge department stores in North Korea in Pyongyang, is played by the the actress who played the mom, um, in the Kim family. Um, she's the one who is uh who ends up taking over the role of the housekeeper, um, in the story. I'm not gonna go into like spoilers about parasite because i still believe you guys should if you haven't watched it you should watch it the movie especially now that it has won an academy award but she plays uh the the kim matriarch um and then um seyadun's uncle um in the in crazy uh, crazy in crash landing on you is actually the actor who plays the housekeeper's husband who has been trapped spoiler 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 who's been trapped in the basement in the park's house so 
end of spoiler. So um, both are amazing character actors. I didn't really realize that they were the same actors um, because they look totally different in Parasite, um, of course. But also they played such great comedic characters here in Crash Landing on You. So it's such a joy to watch them. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd just throw that in that it's like a sort of like a fun fact that i discovered recently um so that's pretty much it for crash landing on you uh on the next podcast i really want to talk about um other korean dramas that are upcoming that i am excited to watch and pick up um but until then this has been the korean drama section of peach neon pink ramblings the podcast where i talk about everything korean entertainment including korean dramas korean movies korean variety shows k-pop and k-beauty and listen on because we're going to talk about um, two different boy groups in K-pop section of our uh, podcast. So listen on. Welcome back, and this is the K-pop section of Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, a podcast with everything Korean entertainment. 
and so yeah this is the k-pop section we're gonna talk about two different boy groups first boy group is sf9 with their song good guy if you are on anchor or spotify you would have heard a short snippet of their song good guy here on this podcast if not there is also a generally non-copyrighted song that's also amazing um if you can please do check out their song good guy sf9 on spotify or wherever you listen to your music it's also available on youtube um as well on every streaming platform where you can um so i wanted to talk about sf9 because it is the boy the k-pop boy group that rule one is part of who i talked about he's one of the male leads in um extraordinary you who uh, the drama that i talked about earlier in the korean drama section and so his boy band group is sf9 so sf9 aka sensational feeling nine is a nine member group formed in 2015 by fnc entertainment they are known for their high energy dance oriented pop and rap um the group emerged in 2016 with their single fanfare and at in 2017 full-length album sensational feeling nine in 2019 they landed at number three in japan with their sophomore album illuminate um so sf9 is a nine member group like i've mentioned i really only know like two of them uh rowan of course because i watched him in extraordinary you and chani 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 yeah chani who is uh before he was part of this boy group he was actually already a child actor uh, he was most recently and more probably his most prominent role was that in sky castle with kim yeon so um that's how i kind of discovered this group because they have a couple of their members that are promising young actors in k-drama but uh also because sf9 is actually the first um kind of like boy boy band boy group uh under fnc entertainment and i love fnc entertainment for their rock groups like their bands um i've been a long long fan of fd island who i think i talked about previously in a previous uh podcast episode and as well as and flying who i love 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 uh, i'm a huge fan of so um fnc is mostly known for their um for their bands they're um they're generally an entertainment company management and per- entertainment company that's known for their bands um just to say though they do have other groups like uh sf9 like i said is their first boy group i think uh aoa is also under them uh maybe cherry bullet i i i'm not too familiar with their more idol type of groups um but good guy is their most recent recent uh single uh i love it actually because it has that very familiar korean boy band boy band oh that was my watch sorry guys that was my um what was i saying i keep rambling on (laughs) that's why it's peach neon pink ramblings um anyways uh good guy has that familiar korean boy band beat boy band beats um that are very addictive it has very strong rap lines uh, what i like about it though it has a very good easy listening type of feel with a good mix of parts between all the members uh it's generally like a good um 
how should I say it? It's like a very enjoyable listening. It's it's what's familiar. If you're a fan of K-pop, it's it feels very right at home, um, which could be a bad thing. But also for me, I feel like it's a good thing, good thing for them because to kind of stay within the K-pop industry, you need to have something familiar, something that um, Korea and internationally would like enjoy and would be hooked on. So Good Guy is definitely one of those. I saw their music videos, quite their dance moves are quite fun to watch um but in general it's it's a sound that if you're been listening to k-pop for a while it's something that's quite familiar very on point and very um what is all the rage nowadays in k-pop so um nothing new or innovative though and i think that's only my bone to pick with terms of the sound that sf9 has because um i wouldn't say it's generic uh, k-pop but it's it's K-pop that is familiar. Um, I don't think that so far of what I've listened to their discography that there's any songs that are like you that stands out that's very different or very innovative and just like uh like first of its kind in K-pop. They're really doing well with producing songs that um in general a K-pop fan would enjoy. So uh that would be like I said, SF9's good guy. Um, and then we're going to transition on and talking about... Uh, actually, it's kind of weird talking about this this song, uh, which is the song called Going Crazy by Treasure. Um, because I'm going to talk about it right now. Treasure is a 12-member group that is set to debut under YG Entertainment. Um, initially set to debut as two separate groups. Uh, namely as Treasure and Magnum, after a well-known reality show called Treasure Box um, in late 2018. Um, Their debut was delayed throughout 2019 due to scandals enveloping their management agency. Um, If you guys remember um, all last year, even if you weren't that big of a K-pop fan, you would have heard about it because YG Entertainment is one of the big three um, entertainment companies in Korea. They kind of just had a really bad year. They were involved in so much scandals. Um, Sungri from Big Bang. Big Bang being their like more most top group. Their most senior um, group in that that entertainment agency. Sungri was involved in this huge scandal uh, involving prostitutes and clubs and Burning Sun and all that stuff. Uh, One of the members of icon um bi was involved in like a drug scandal then he eventually left the group um so there was just like a lot of uh scandals that just like piled up for this uh agency so unfortunately uh treasure kind of um had to shoulder a lot of that scandal like bad press from the scandal because their debut was held um which was a good move for the management agency because you didn't want to debut a new rookie group and when you're there's so many scandals and like you know that the korean public hasn't looked upon you very well so uh unfortunate because when i was watching treasure box late 2018 um these boys just seem to be like poised to be a monster rookie 
Um, for reference, though, they kind of were supposed to kind of set to debut around the same time as Stray Kids from JYP. And since then, since Stray Kids had debuted like late 2018, they have been called the Monster Rookie. They have been the K-pop boy group to watch for. And it's sad because Treasure was supposed to be in the same like level. They were touted as like the first group from YG Entertainment that was supposed to debut um in a while like i don't think they've had both jyp and yg haven't had uh both entertainment agencies haven't had a boy group debut in like i think about a good at least three or four years so um i think if treasure had debuted at the same time as Stray Kids, they would have been very good competitors with each other in terms of being the monster rookies of the year um, that being said, um, it looks like they are getting set to debut at, finally this year, which I hope it really happens. Um, because they, like I said, very talented group of boys. Um, they don't really have that much uh, songs yet that we know of. Um, but they do have this song called Going Crazy, which actually is already like about a year old because it was the song that uh, was produced for Treasure Box. And recently, they released a newer version, a performance version of Going Crazy with the the, the final 12-member uh, uh, lineup. They've had some, some of the other members leave since the past year as well. So there's all that stuff. So finally, I believe they're going to be debuting as a 12-member group, which I'm excited about. They have quite a few um, trainees that are Japanese. Uh, as well as Korean, so, and going crazy or Michoso, Michoso, Michoso got it. Um, the Korean title. It is definitely um this song is definitely a departure from the standard sound of YG because when you, uh, hear a YG entertainment group song, it's mostly heavily hip hop, rap based, very strong, very bold. If you've heard any of Blackpink songs, any of Two Any Ones, uh, any of big bangs most of their title tracks are very heavily hip-hop rap based they're always like you know um in terms of like blackpink is very feminist very in your face we do what we want type of like strong beats um this one is definitely different it's a different sound from yg i think it's a sound that i would think would kind of sounds more of an sm um group sound just because it's more poppy it's more of a fun pop infused song that really exemplifies their youth um it, it's a departure like i said from the the typical yg uh sound which actually will play as an advantage to them i think because um we we do want that uh, disconnect and separation and departure from the typical sound that we expect from YG Entertainment just because they were embroiled in so much scandals and kind of coming out with a fresh new sound uh, when Treasure does eventually debut is going to be a big deal and probably like you know help YG you know raise from the ashes of all that scandal so um, I don't think it's available on Spotify yet but if you had a chance definitely look it up on YouTube 
they have their new version of Going Crazy, and it's very catchy. You just end up singing, Michiga, Micha, Michiga, and it's like such a fun poppy song to listen to. So um, I definitely recommend that, and stay tuned for the K-Beauty section of this podcast coming up in a bit. Welcome back, and I've been saying that for the past like two sections, but yeah, hey, welcome back. <laughs> and we're back, we're talking about K Beauty, which is you know, 
I should be trying out a lot more Korean products, but because I have been out of the country and I haven't really explored that much of my stash of Korean beauty stuff, I haven't had the chance to um, use a lot of them. But we're going to talk about another um, toner yet again. I don't know. I feel like the past few podcast episodes have been on like a toner binge because I've been just been talking about different toners that I've been trying. But it's, it's my part of the 10-step Korean um, skincare routine that I really just been exploring and trying to figure out um, how good it is, um, how which toner is the best fit for my face. Um, but this one that I'm going to talk about right now from Etude House, the Wonder Pore Fresh. I, first of all, I thought it was fresher, but no, it's Wonder Pore Freshener Toner. Um, is a toner that I actually brought with me to my trip to Southeast Asia and used it religiously every day. And because it was so hot there, my pores were very oily. I'm normally a combination oily skin and it was just went overdrive. I had breakouts the entire time. And fortunately I was using this because it was really refreshing, which why it's called a freshener wonder pore freshener um but this one i'm gonna read a little bit of a description um Etude house uh wonder pore freshener is a 10-in-1 total pore solution freshener for intensive pore care it is made of what they call an anti-pore dex complex and astringent lex for tightening up pores effectively uh, what it does is that it's a total pore solution effectively cleans the inside and outside of pores with its special peppermint extract. This freshener balances pH levels, makes skin pure like baby skin, and prevents skin troubles caused by pH imbalance. The 10-in-1 solution includes deep cleansing, sebum control, 4.5 pH care, tightening pores for clear skin, giving elasticity, moisturizing properties. Uh, it is without mineral oil, fragrance, coloring, talc, animal ingredients, or silicon oil. Um, so yeah, when you see the bottle, I actually bought like a, a 500 ml, like half a liter bottle of this, which they have available at the local store that I go to. Um, and right on the front, it says 10 in one, and it lists all of the stuff that it does for you. Um, what I really loved about this, um, uh, when I was using it is that it is it is one of those toners that I feel like would do very well in the seven seven toner kind of regi- uh, regimen like there's a, th- a thing in Korean skincare that you can do like seven layers of toners because it's it's light enough and refreshing enough that it's never going to feel heavy on your face um I felt like it really helped with the greasiness that I would get on my, my di- my throughout the day on my face. Um, it's very good for combination skin. Um, just because it's like, um, it really takes at works and controls the sebum really well. Um, when I was in Southeast Asia, like I said, it was just very hot and it was just so much easier to sweat and like produce so much more oil. And this kept my face in check for a good like 10 hours at least um, because I was not reapplying at all. And um, it provided a very good base for my makeup. Um, normally, if, if 
if I was using a different toner or I was using a different toner the previous time I was in Southeast Asia, um, that after like a couple hours, like my makeup would already like melt off just because of all the oil that it would produce. And with this one, I felt like it lasted a good like, you know, 50% more than usual, like a good like three or four hours more. And I didn't really have to retouch anything. Um, and like ended up the day with like just washing off and using the toner again. Um, I love the smell of it. It's a very refreshing smell. It's not doesn't leave a sticky residue at all. Um, and even though it takes care of uh sebum, it actually really moisturizes the face as well. Um, in terms of like tightening the pores, I don't know how much it changed on my pores have changed with using this i don't really see that much of a significant difference um i normally already have a lot of breakup um like a breakout all the time usually anyway so i mean it helped kind of curve that and like lessen it a bit but nothing like super different in terms of pores but i feel like my skin has brightened um maybe there is some tightening because i feel like everything's a little bit more uh, tighter but not not specifically that the the size of my pores have decreased um and it's it's good i feel like if you want to use it on the more uh humid environment like in southeast asia or on the drier month like in the summer um i don't think it's necessarily gonna be too much too effective right now in the winter here in North America because it's a little bit more dry. But if you use it in the summer, I feel like it's gonna be better. For me, I still you I feel I've still been using it just because I already have like oily combination skin. So anything to control all that like oil production is a godsend to me. So I still recommend this product, the Etted House Wonder Pore Freshener. Uh if you are looking for a toner. Also, um this actually comes in big bottles so you're not like you know it's better for the environment because you're not wasting so many bottles each time like most um korean skincare toners are only like tiny bottles this one comes in a hefty 500 ml half a liter bottle so you definitely have a lot to, to probably last you most of the year um so yeah definitely recommend it Hey, you have reached the end of podcast episode number 15 of Beach Neon Pink Ramblings. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for tuning into this podcast. I know I have been gone for almost a month and I'm so glad to be back with this podcast episode. So definitely, thank you so much for tuning in. Definitely, thank you so much for listening. Um, Let me know, as usual, what you want me to talk about in this podcast um, you can leave me a message on anchor.fm forward slash peach neon pink. Neon has two ends forward slash message or uh, on our socials. Tweet me at at peach neon pink. Neon yet again, like I said, has two ends. Um, and if you want to check out my website, it's peachneonpink.com. Neon has two ends. You can check out my blog posts there. I need to update uh, my my website actually. And hopefully I'll be doing that this week or so um but yeah 
thank you again for tuning in and listening to this podcast please look forward to the next podcast episode when we talk about more about korean entertainment including k-pop korean dramas korean variety shows korean movies and especially k-beauty here on peach neon pink the podcast um and i will tune in to me soon guys i guess okay that was really awkward but yeah thank you so much for listening for the podcast bye